everybody, and welcome back to the Board Game Mechanics. I am Katie, and with me, as always... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I feel like it's almost weird to be like, with me, as always, it's you, because, I mean, that's like true in our regular life, but <laughs> like people don't know that, that listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. It's just something that we've done, so, you know, it's what we do. Yeah, I'm trying to, to carry on the torch. <laughs> Although my zany banter is lacking compared to Joel's. I don't have, like... I think it's because, like, he also has a form of, like, dad joke humor. And I can never hope to attain to that. That is true. I mean, there is only so many people that can pull off the dad jokes successfully. Or unsuccessfully, if uh, you prefer, I guess. Well, I mean, I don't have the right chromosomes for that. (laughs) (laughs) You can have mom jokes. Aren't there such things as a mom joke? No, because mom's mom jokes are actually good jokes. They don't have their own name for them. The t- oh, the term okay, dad jokes is only for lame jokes. I disagree, but okay. It, I, I'm not making it up. Like you can see it. Like that's how it works. No, I disagree. Agree <laughs> to disagree. It, you can be wrong. It's fine. You don't even have to acknowledge <laughs> that you're wrong and still know that you're wrong. All right. I guess you're right. I am. When you're right, you're right. As my grandma said on Sunday, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> that is true. She did say that. And about me as well. So, yeah, it's just batting a thousand, I guess. It's, yeah. It's hard to be right all the time, but, you know, uh, it's a burden I'm willing to live with. Yeah, it must, it must be a real pain in the butt, for sure. Well, I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, I mean, how, what does it feel like to be wrong all the time? Like, I don't know what that would be like. I mean, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> is it really. a freeing experience? <laughs> <laughs> you just sit back and you do what people tell you to do and yeah it's it's not bad <laughs> all right that's enough i think zany banter <laughs> that really wasn't zany like that's just our normal banter hmm. all right i guess we'll talk about some news because the news is popping it really is popping kickstarter is definitely causing my wallet to be lighter. I know. It, Kickstarter is off the chain right now. Every time I go, like, I, I, I try to watch the Facebook groups and see what people are posting about, people, what people are talking about. And so then I go to Kickstarter to do my research. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this game. Look at this game. And several of you out there in the Riveted are posting about games. And I'm putting, you know, they're on. So now they're on my radar. I'm filing them away for future use especially ones that are kind of farther out as far as kickstarter dates go because i'm trying to just talk about ones that are in kickstarter right now so that if you want to back it you can go out and look at it it's also where the most information is at so for sure yeah that helps once too, the but project has like a week or two left people start paying attention a little bit more right and then you've got like all the stretch goals that people can see and you know some more stuff is kind of firmed up so that's kind of why i wait on some of them but Keep keep the suggestions coming. If you see something that looks great or you hear some, you know, rumors or whatever, feel free to pass them our way. I will definitely dig into it a little bit. So I've got a lot on my plate. Um, and so if I skip something that you think needs to be noticed, just let me know. Um, so today I want to talk about three games that look amazing. And they're all under $50. They are. Like, see, I mean, not the versions I want, but... Well, I mean... The Jason Smith version. <laughs> right. The cube, basic cube version, <laughs> not the versions that Katie wants for the shape meeples. Those are a pipe dream for me, people. Just we all pretend. have our cross just, to bear. 
Just take the cube and pretend that it's in the shape of a cube. No, but they're so cute. No, I can't. Why must you crush my dreams? You can. You'll be fine. All right. So the first one I want to talk about is a game that has an amazing theme. Like, so cool. I'm so glad they're doing it. I'm not even a science person, but I love the games that um, Genius Games is putting out. And that game is Genotype, a Mendelian genetics game. So there's 19 days left um, on this Kickstarter. It's already fully funded, but it's like a worker placement and dice drafting game. So it's for one to five players, and you are working at the monastery where Gregor Mendel did his famous um, genetic experiments with pea plants. And you have your own little garden with your own little pea plants, and you are working on figuring out the genetics of these plants, you're crossbreeding new plants. Um, you're doing that through like five rounds with three different phases. You've got your working phase where you're kind of doing your gardening, you know, getting new plants out there, tilling up old plants that you're finished um, crossbreeding. You are, you know, going out and like trying to get maybe assistance or, you know, these different things to help you in this whole process. And then there is a breeding phase and it's really kind of unique how they do it. Cause you have the punnet, like the punnet square that I think if you've done any kind of basic biology with that you were introduced to in school. And so you're looking at the alleles for each uh, for the plants that you're crossbreeding, you make your punnet square and then you roll these dice and the dice um, have numbers associated with the different areas in the punnet square. So when you roll them, you see what, kind of the genetic outcome, the, the crossbreeding you made for these plants, which sounds really crazy unless you're like can envision a punnet square and know what I'm talking about. If you don't know <laughs> what that is, go look at the Kickstarter. It'll show you or just Google punnet square. You can like we did practice ones in school. Like I have like my parents have like my dad had brown eyes, which means he had like a big B for brown. But his dad had blue eyes, so he carries a recessive gene for blue eyes. So my dad would be big B, little B. My mom had, has blue eyes, so she has two little Bs, because the only way that you can have a recessive gene is if both both of the gene combos are recessive. So you mix those two together. You have all the possibilities of genetics that could come out from them. And then I have blue eyes, so I inherited two little Bs from each of my parents. So that's been... Uh, Genetics 101 brought to you by Katie. Podcast within the podcast. (laughs) The podcast within the podcast. Genetics. How to Punnett Square your life. Uh, I mean, it's no jacket talk, but it'll do. I know. Well, we just finished. Like, I'm, I told my students I'm in like mourning right now because my favorite um, sports season is over. So I'm, I can't really get too ramped up about the blue jackets because i'm still sad about no more football whatever you're a big basketball fan you you love basketball yeah i'm sure love it can't wait you see that's that's not convincing so excited amazing i have march madness right now in february that's how much i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is that sounds about right Anyway, back to genotype. So anyway, you roll the dice to see the outcomes of the two genetics, that, the two plants that you're mixing their genetics. And then um, you can like, then use some like your extra dice if you don't have, I'm not sure how all that works, but if you have excess dice that you're not using in like the growth of plants, you can use those to upgrade your, your, I don't know, process, um, get extra plots um, to 
breed more plants, um, get better tools to help you with it. I don't know how that works. Uh, assistance and all kinds of things. It looks super amazing. They've got some cute shaped maples that look like little spades. Um, and the basic like standard edition is $39. So for what seems like a really cool, um, worker placement dice drafting game with a lot of like components and great action. That's a really good deal. I think for 39 bucks. Yeah. And genius games does some killer stuff. Like cytosis is awesome. Uh, we played that at origins that one year and it was a good time. It was really great. And the, the new period, the one about the periodic table they have out now yeah. looks really great. It's like um, a pick up and deliver type game, I think. Right. And, and I think that's really great that they're using like the, People who founded the company, they're using their background in math and science to bring that to the to the board gaming hobby. And I think that that is what board games are all about. It's nice that you can take something that you love, that you're good at, and bring that to the table for board gaming. And I think that a lot of these science kind of themes are really lacking. And I'm glad. Like, I think this is a great way. Like, we did talk about genetics because of a board game. And that's something that you do learn in school. So that the... Um, the ability to integrate learning and gaming that they're doing, I think is so great. So this looks awesome. 19 days left, 39 bucks. That is genotype. Yeah, this one does seem really cool for sure. And now I think we need to back it. I backed it at the dollar level, so I still have time to back out. Okay, but you probably will. And then when everybody gets it, you'll be like, oh man, I want to play that. Dang, I should have backed it. And I'll be like, I know I told you. That sounds just like something I would do. It does, which it goes back to me being right and you being wrong. Mm. <laughs> All right, next game. Enough of me being wrong. <laughs> next game. Oh, my gosh. This is what we've been waiting for. We've been discussing it. I mean, I've been I've been a little bit excited about it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> right. Pretty okay. We've been chatting about it. I've been posting stuff. Uh, it is Parks, the Nightfall expansion, and also memories so there is a lot going on with this kickstarter Keymaster games we love you you're amazing all your people are amazing oh my gosh and you're doing awesome stuff so parks we love the game we've talked about it we've got reviews for it all of that so now in the nightfall expansion um like you've got this new a new year deck so the year cards were kind of these end of game scoring opportunities they weren't a lot of points some of them to get they kind of were all over the place um but mostly it was like okay go to six parks with sons get two points go to eight parks with sons get four points or three points or whatever not huge and very definitive now in the expansion you've got you can get more than one which you could only have one in, in the base game you, so you can get more than one of these end-of-game goals, and they're more open-ended. Like I saw you get one point for every two canteens you have, or one point for every two extra tokens you have, so or four tokens or something. So then you kind of – you have those almost unlimited scoring options. It's not set like two points for this, three points for that, and that's it. You can kind of go above and beyond and get some more things in that, which I think is really cool and – what I think is kind of a weakness of the base game. I'm glad that they're doing that differently in this expansion. Also, they've got four, at least four new wildlife meeples. They're like nighttime creatures because this is nightfall, which I think is, of course, I absolutely adore the shaped meeples. So I was really pumped about that. Yay. And then they have this whole new action and it's this camping action. So these little tents 
will appear on um, certain spaces on the board. I'm not sure how you determine that. That wasn't clear. Um, but if you go and visit them, you then can take the tent and use it to do like these nighttime actions. And it's almost like this little um, like bonus separate board. And you can use the tents on there to redeem um, like bonuses. Like you can trade gear out or um, you can exchange uh, certain types of resources for wildlife tokens instead. Like, or this is where you can get the extra year cards. So it looks like it's totally opening up this new world. And then they promise that there's more aside from that. And just that's enough for me. So that's, that's the Nightfall expansion. So not only do they have the Nightfall expansion, they have a whole new standalone game called Parks Memories. And at first, it looks like it's a simple tile matching game. There's these pictures of the parks, and you're matching the pictures of the parks. But they've done it so well that, yes, if you're playing with your child or, you know, someone like um, my mom's in a nursing home, and so taking games to the nursing home and helping, uh, like, giving the residents something to kind of help with problem solving and keep their brains working, um, you could just have a simple time matching game, flipping them over, trying to make matches. But for us gamers that want a little more to that, they've got these um, like single use abilities. And there's four unique to each game. So they have three different versions of this game. And so there's four different abilities for each game and they're based on like the resource types. So there is a sun ability and a water ability and a tree ability and a mountain ability. And when you flip over the tiles, even if you don't match the park, if you can match that resource, you get to activate that ability for you to use later. And the abilities do cool things like um, you can pick up the next tile to refill the set and you can look at it in secret instead of revealing it to everyone. Or you can... Um, switch some tiles out. And it also comes with a hiker token. And after you reveal two tiles, you know, choose one to take, refill, you place a hiker token and it kind of blocks off one of the tiles from the other person being able to, other people, the next person being able to use it. So then there's some strategy on what do I want to block off? What do you need? What can I keep you from getting? Maybe I want to keep you from a resource match. Um, or there's a there can be abilities that actually let you manipulate that hiker or you lay that hiker down and suddenly the whole row is blocked off and the strategy in that, it just like takes it to that next level so that it's not just simple tile matching. And you think like, Oh, a nine, uh, like a three by three grid is not that hard to remember. It kind of is <laughs> like I was watching a playthrough and I'm like, I forget where everything is. Like if you start talking at, but it still has that beautiful, like, relaxing park feel. I think it looks like an excellent two-player game. I think it's amazing. So the three different versions, they've got those different powers, and they've got uh, different illustrations. I think there's maybe four parks that overlap the three sets, but the illustrations for each of those are still different in each set. So there's a ton of different ways to back this. If you just want Nightfall, the expansion for parks, or if you just want to try one of the game, the new memory game, $22, super reasonable, great entry level. If you want both, you want the expansion and you want one of the new matching game, 44 bucks, pretty simple, double it. 
You can also get the base game and the expansion together. That's $71. If you want, they have like a special um, kind of Keymaster collection set of all the three different versions of the um, Parks Memories game. That is $74. And I also saw that they're running this thing that with whenever you back one of these different levels, um, like especially at the lower levels, you just get one, but they have these Kickstarter like mini prints of um, the really beautiful artwork that's in there. And they, you will randomly get one of the, the Nightfall prints, which I mean, the artwork is like in itself a selling point for this game. Uh, also, I saw that the, if you want the base game ahead of time, maybe they will be doing pre-orders on their website. Like that's going to be starting soon. So that ahead of the fulfillment for the expansion, you can get the base game if you're not going to order altogether. So um, I'm super excited about this. I can't wait, man. I would love to get a review version, but we still are probably going to back this anyway, because it's gorgeous and super fun. And I'm so excited. So that is parks nightfall and parks memories and you've got 18 days left to check that one out i did back this one but i had to stand to the 50 dollar threshold so it's the expansion plus one of the memories and i of course want all of them because i you can like then you can mix and match the abilities or you can like expand like it just is cool it's cool. And and like each of the different types of memory games, like they have like a, they're kind of themed. So there's a Planeswalker one, which has um, the parks in the Plains areas. There is a Coast to Coast one, which has a lot of the water parks, uh, water-based parks. And there's the Mountaineer one, which has a lot of the mountain parks. So if there's a certain like park system or like aesthetic that you're really into, you can also get that by type or if you want to buy a gift for someone and they live in the mountains or they love the beach, you could get one of those specific ones just geared for them, which I think is really cool. Uh, if we don't get a review copy, doesn't matter. Yeah, we backed it. So this is one of the few exceptions to the Kickstarter rules that I set for myself and I actually backed this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I'm excited. It seems awesome. And they're a great company. They do always do excellent games. I mean, even their other games that are not parks are so great. Campy Creatures, I love. Caper, I love. I mean, they just do awesome jobs. And so I this this seems to be no exception. Yep, for sure. And the last one I want to talk about is another... It's not an expansion, but it is uh, built off of a game that has been in existence for a while, and that's the Networks. And this is called the Rival Networks from Formal Ferret. So this is a two-player standalone game based on the, ne- the game The Networks. Um, and so I thought the, the networks for me can sometimes be a bit of a longer game, which I, I like. Um, but according to their Kickstarter, this is a only a 30 to 45 minute game, which I think is really interesting. Um, you do card drafting, tableau building, just like in the original networks game. But you don't have to have played the networks in order to get rival networks because this is pretty much almost like a boiled down condensed, condensed version of the networks. You are drafting shows to put into the different time slots in the evening. You are adding stars to those shows because you're trying to create as many viewers as possible. Um, and then you're getting ads, and the ads will generate revenue that you can use to buy these network cards, which give you these really powerful abilities to allow you to kind of try and get a one-up on your opponent. Um, you get bonuses for having, like, so many of one of certain type of genre. 
Um, if you're leading in, in the viewership in certain time slots, you get bonus um, stars for that. And there's like other awards that they give for each like season of shows. So you're like collecting these like viewers and like, like viewer tokens and you're putting it inside this little house. So it's, you kind of keep, that's how you're keeping your victory points essentially a secret. Um, it looks fun. I, if you're a fan of the networks, I, I mean, have we played the networks at two? I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. I feel like it was fine at two, um, but I'm interested to see what kind of new tension they created with this. And at 25 bucks for the game, I feel like that's super reasonable um, to try it out. And there's seven days left. So if you're interested in that, if you like the networks, if you're really interested in like a fun two player game, the parodies of the shows and the stars, like the theme is really cool. And so for 25 bucks, I think you should check it out. That's the rival networks. Yeah. I backed this one at a dollar too to give me some time to to ponder <laughs> and back I'm, out. Yes, exactly. Because I'm like, let's do it all. And Jason's like, mm, I'll think about it. <laughs> and then ultimately not do it. Yeah, I might. I might. We'll see. You so won't. that probably means I won't. But I might. Uh-huh. All right. That's, I mean, there's tons more news, but I'm trying to like spread it out. There's some good stuff on Kickstarter, people. So start looking around. If you hear about anything, let me know. Uh, if there's cons and stuff that you want us to talk about to look into. Yeah, I'll do that on news. Normally, we have our gaming glossary segment. And we do have more things to add to that. But... We have kind of a longer call from a member of the Riveted that we wanted to give airtime to. Um, because Melanie, who we have another like non US Riveted member sending us. So we had Greece and now we have Canada. Um, Melanie has some really great info from a con that she went to up in Calgary and um, she explains the game super well. So let's listen to that and then we'll talk about the game she played afterwards. Hi, Jason and Katie. Melanie here. So this weekend, I attended the 14th annual Board Game Bash of Blood, which is the second large, uh, largest board game convention we have in Calgary. And it's called that way because it's also a fundraiser for the Canadian Blood Services. So this one here held, was held over Friday night and all day Saturday. So I got to fit in a lot of games, which was great. On Friday, we started off with Silver and Gold, which is a neat little flip and write card game. Now, the thing that's really interesting with this one is you use a dry erase marker right onto the cards that you have. So it feels really wrong to be doing that, but it does erase quite nicely. It doesn't seem to damage anything. Um, it's kind of neat though. So every time you flip a card that has a, a pattern that you try to fit in in the shape that you have on your cards. When you fill in the shapes, uh, you get a new card and you'll cover up some coins that'll give you points or some palm trees that'll get you to score in the later. And then every card that you fill out completely will give you scores at the end. So that at the end you just tally up and whoever has the most points win. After that, we played Arboretum. Now, quick confession with that one. I bought this game as a Christmas gift um, this last Christmas. And the copy that came, that arrived when I ordered it, is actually a deluxe edition copy. So all the cards are foiled. It comes in this neat little wooden box. And it has this really kind of cool 
uh, felt velvety bag in it that is completely useless because even though you can put the cards in there, the scoring pad doesn't fit. So I'm not sure what the use of that bag is, but it came with it and it was cute. And I decided that that game would look great in my collection and I ended up keeping it and buying them a different game for Christmas. So that was the second one that we played. With this one, you build, well, it's a, you collect cards and there's a bunch of different type of trees on it. The trees are numbered from one to eight. And what you want to do is you want to create a forest. So you put these trees building a forest and you try to create a path. Now a path has to start and end with the same type of tree and it has to be in ascending order along the path. So you want the, the value of the card to keep going up from the beginning of the path to the end of the path. So you try to arrange your cards into your forest to create as many different paths as you can. Now the trick is that you only get to score the path that you have kept the highest valued card uh, among all the other players at the end. So you want to build the path, but you want to make sure that you keep some of the cards so that you get to score those paths. Uh, it's a really neat puzzly type of game um and that was the second game that we played next game we played was gloom of throne now i've owned the first original gloom game and i've played that one and enjoyed it um one time i did play it with four other uh preteen boys and that one was a bit of a mistake because with gloom you kind of create a story as you play and you explain and make up the story as you play so when you play with a bunch of preteen boys every story has to do with poop and it was a little bit disturbing but this time around i got to play with all adults so it was a lot more enjoyable um Gloom of Throne is based on the Game of Thrones series, but what's neat with Gloom is that the cards are all see-through. Everybody gets a family that comes with five different characters, and you want to start putting cards on top of it and making up the stories of different things that's happening to your characters that's depressing them and giving them negative points. So, and you want to try to give them as low of a point value as possible. In the meantime, you also get cards that have positive points and you try to put those cards on the characters of the other players. And when you get your own character at a nice and low value, you're going to try to kill them off so that you can lock in that score. The game ends when somebody has killed off all five of their characters and the winner is whoever accumulated the lowest score possible. So it's kind of a neat different type of game. Um, and then we finished the, game, uh, the night with Gugon. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, but Gugon is kind of a neat, I would say it's a worker placement game. There's a lot going on in this game. It's a massive board. There's tons of different actions and things that you can do to score points. Um, but what was really neat with it is that it's really well depicted with all the icons that explain on what to do that once you kind of know what everything does, it is really quite simple to play. Um, the one thing that I would say was really neat with that one is each action had a card. And when you play... When you take your action, you have a hand of cards as well, and you got to replace the card that is on the action you want to do. So you want to play a card of higher value to secure the action you want to do, 
But keep in mind that the card you take that goes in your discard pile, that discard pile is going to be your hand for the next round. So you want to try to keep some higher value cards so you have a little bit more option as to what you can do. Um, you, If you don't have a card of higher value and you still want to take some of the action, then you take some penalties. Um, but and it's kind of a bit of a point salad there's a bunch of different things that you can do that you try to accumulate to get the most points i did really terrible at this game but it was a really neat fun game then that was the end of my friday so we went back on saturday and we started the day off with flashpoint fire rescue so this one reminds me a little bit of pandemic because it is a co-op game uh, everybody's playing together. There's a house in the middle of the board and it's on fire. And like pandemic, you'll get fire that sparks up and it can uh, create flare up where the fire expands and spreads. Um, so the point of the game with this one is you try to save five people from the house. Now we managed to save a cat and a dog and two people, but we also unfortunately burnt down four people so we lost the game um, but it was definitely neat I think it would be kind of different feel enough from pandemic that it's in my opinion worth having both um, so this one is now on my wish list the next game that we played is Key Flower from the Key Game series. Um, I haven't played the other Key Games so I don't know how they compare. Now with Key Flower this one is really neat because there's three main colored meeple. The red one's the blue ones and the yellow ones, and they're all in the in a bag. Everybody starts with eight that is held behind this little screen that's actually in the shape of a house. Um, and so you don't know how many of each color that people have. There's also green meeples that's available that's going to be like more rare that you can kind of accumulate uh, as you play the game. Um, but with this one, you have tiles in the middle of the table that you want to bid on in order to add them to your village. With these tiles, you can bid on them, but even though they're not owned yet, you can also use a meeple to activate and do the action that is on them as well. You want to collect some resources to upgrade the different tiles. Um, you want to and they'll give you different points. Um, it's a really neat game. One thing that's really cool about it is, let's say I bid on the tile with the blue meeple, this tile is now assigned the blue color. So anybody who wants to bid further on it or do the action on it is going to have to do it with the blue meeple as well. So you don't know how many blue meeples people have out there, but it kind of creates a neat um, kind of control of what you can play and cannot play. Like the first round I played, I had one yellow meeple. So if somebody played a yellow, I really couldn't outbid anybody. Um, this one is really neat. It plays a little long. It says on the box that it plays 90 to 120 minutes, but it took us a long time. Plus, if you play with somebody who really likes to think out their moves, you can get a lot of analysis paralysis and it can kind of spread the game longer a little bit. But it's still one that I find is so interesting and pleasant to play that even though it can take a little longer, it's definitely a fun game. Um, next one that we played after that was Paladin of the West Kingdom. Now, I have and have played uh, Architect of the West Kingdom. This was my first time playing Paladin. Um, the artwork is similar. So is the theme. Um, you know, the meeples are the same shape. Uh, 
the name of different things are the same shape, but that's pretty much where the similarity ends. Um, Architect of the West Kingdom is more like a worker placement game. This one is a little bit more different. It's kind of like Keyflower, as in you can accumulate different colored uh, workers and assign them like uh, some colors will be assigned to specific actions you can do um and you'll you'll do that one thing i'll say with this one is there's a lot going on you can work towards uh building a wall or you can work towards uh spreading barracks on the the main board um there's a lot to do and i tend to work a little bit on everything and try to kind of spread what I would do and that was a bit of a mistake with that one because definitely concentrating on a few aspects of what you can do will get make it so that you can reach a higher score um definitely an interesting game now we played on a round table and this game it has like a really long narrow board in the middle so it didn't fit very well on a round table it's more meant for like a rectangular table um so a bit of a table hog I guess but it was it was a great game. Um, I'm not sure that I like this one more than the Architect of the West Kingdom. I'd have to play it some more, but so far right now, I think Architect, uh, Architect is my favorite. Next one I played after that was Notre Dame. Or Notre Dame. Um, this game has been on my shelf of shame for a while, so I was really glad I got it played. Um, so with this one, Euro-style game. Uh, you're in Paris, and the story is you're trying to help build the cathedral of notre dame um what's really neat about this is the shape of the board you get this really oddly shaped panels and depending on the number of players the orientation of which you put them in creates it whether it's going to be a three player board or up to a five player board that aspect of it was really clever um you're trying to do different actions so it has a card drafting things where you collect some cards you pass them around and that's going to determine the actions that you can do on each one of your turn um, you have gold that you can utilize to kind of put towards building Notre Dame or to hire some uh, people at the end to do extra actions. Um, and you have your influence token that allows you to do different action. And you really got to keep an, an eye on the plague in your city or your part of the city and kind of keep the rat population down so that you don't lose points. It's one of those games that it always feels as you play that you are not going to get enough resource to do all that you want. So you kind of try to maximize and prioritize what's most important to you right there. Um, really neat game. It played pretty quickly. That one was fairly easy to learn and play. So it was great. Um, and then the last game I played for uh, the weekend was the Manhattan Project. Um, another one that had been on my shelf of shame for a while. So I'm glad I got to play that one also. Uh, worker placement game. And with this one is you have workers and you try to get scientists and engineers and you try to accumulate uh, yellow cake and um, uh, uranium and I forget what the other one is, plutonium. And with all of that, you kind of try to convert and build bombs. The bombs are worth certain points. If you explode one of them, then your other bombs are could be worth more because you kind of are considered a higher threat. And whoever reached in our game, because we were four players, so whoever reached 50 points is the winner. It was really neat. Um, kind of 
the board gets pretty tight, right? Because you keep playing until you decide to spend a turn to bring back your workers and free up some of the spaces. Um, it was a really neat game. I had heard lots of great things about it, hence why I bought the game, and I was not disappointed, so that was good. And that was all the games that I played uh, this weekend. So to me, I think that was a very successful weekend. I hope you guys had a great weekend uh, of gaming as well. Thanks, have a good day, bye. All right, so yeah, the first thing I wanted to mention about the, what she talked about is she played at a con called Bash of Blood. <laughs> Sounds really hardcore, but I think it's like a blood drive thing. Yeah, they're raising money for like, um, like Blood Center of Canada. I'm going to just pretend like it's a death metal festival that has board games because that seems way cooler to me. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's not a good cause, but I mean, it just makes me feel like a metal festival. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um,. So let's just talk about some of the games she played since this is a podcast about games and not yeah. death metal. Uh, so the first game that she mentioned was Silver and Gold. Um, I haven't played this, but I know that it's a flip and write where you write on the cards and it's all the rage. That's all I know about it. Yeah, I think we were watching um, the Dice Tower Top 100 and... Z likes it. Z, Z likes it. And it sounds interesting because I don't... I'm not really into the whole roll and write, flip and write kind of games. Like, that's big right now. And they're mostly been eh. But I think this has kind of like a neat twist. And I would be interested to see where it goes. Yeah, for sure. I would play this one, I think. Uh, the next game is Arboretum. All I know about this game is it was reprinted by Renegade as Arboretum. From, from, like, Boston. That's all I know about it. But really, it's a game about, like, playing trees same kind of trees to your tableau, but you also need to make sure you're holding some of those same kinds of trees in your hand to score. I haven't played it. That's how it's been explained to me. So that could be way off, but that's what I know. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of the trees and I've, no, I'm thinking something totally different. Yeah. I think he, I don't know what I'm thinking, thinking photosynthesis. Oh this yeah. It's a yeah, problem. Yeah. That's like, completely different. I read Like I always put them the same cause they're like trees. Well, I mean, there are lots of games that have trees, but no, but like trees is like the main thing not that many i guess that's true you're right you're right thank you uh the next game is a new version of a game called gloom and this is called gloom of thrones which is kind of funny so i'm assuming this is a game of thrones version of gloom yes which i haven't played this but i know how gloom plays because we have gloom so what you do in this game is kind of you're trying to kill off other people's families uh or get your family killed off by and by having the most points when your people die so it's yeah, kind of she, interesting. She explains yeah. it all really well in the yeah in the better, recording. Better than me, yeah. Just listen to her. Yeah, but I I really love Gloom. Not a lot of people like it. I don't think Jason likes it as much as me because it has that storytelling aspect. You don't have to tell stories. You can just play cards. I guess, but I think I feel like it's more fun when you do. Nah, it's um, just fun playing cards. Agree, disagree. <laughs> you're, you're being a jerk. <laughs> uh, it's a fun game. Agree I like it a lot. Shut up. <laughs> I'm interested to see what they use in Game of Thrones. Or the, the Game of Thrones theme. Like, I, I hope they're like, they make some like puns on the different houses and stuff for the group of characters that you have. Yeah, that'd um, be cool. And the situations they run into. So I think it really fun. That's what I love about Gloom is that is it's really witty and it's like kind of dark humor. And I love like the Edward Gorey kind of artwork. Um, so I'm glad to see it like still being played. For sure. My favorite thing about Gloom is the way you play it, the... The way the cards are, because they're all clear and they go on top of each other. I think that's really really neat. It's a cool mechanic. All right. The next is a game that we love, just not at two. So opposite of everything we've been talking about recently. 
and that is Goo Gong. Uh, it's a good game. Worker placement with cards. Pretty interesting. Uh, listen to uh, Melanie. She'll tell you all about it. Yeah, it's such a good game. Um, I'm so glad that people are still playing because I felt like it came out when a lot of other great games were coming out and it, it got a little, I think, downplayed. But its mechanics are really cool. It does some really great things. It's beautiful. It's really fun. It's just a really interesting game. I'm so glad that, sh- that somebody's playing it. For sure. Uh, next is a co-op. So we'll just say the name and we'll move on. Flashpoint Fire and Rescue. Stop. And next. Quit it. <laughs> we have some members of the Riveted that are firefighters. That's and true. And they probably like this game. And we like and the we firefighter. Like we like the firefighter. We do. But that doesn't mean I have to like a co-op game about firefighting. No, but you really like um, Police Precinct, don't you? Which I feel like is similar. I do like Police Precinct, so I actually think I would like this one. You would like this game. See, like, you don't, don't act all you hard. Don't know. I, you do, don't know. I know you. I know you so well. Never, I, I know you game. better than you know yourself. I hate this game. No, you don't. This is like you saying, <laughs> I don't like Pick Up and Deliver, and then every game you play that you like is Pick Up and Deliver. That's you would true. probably like this game, Jason. You're, you're probably right. I would give it a go. I know. Another game that I have played and you have played is Keyflower. And I I hate this game. I didn't hate it. I liked it. It's an auction game with some meeples and some tiles and some stuff. Uh, You heard all about it. But it's not bad. Uh, And the one thing that Melanie pointed out that I totally agree with, and I think that's part of the reason why I didn't like it, is I think it goes on too long for what it is. Oh, I totally agree with that. Well, we also played with Joel and his brother, which is part of the problem. (sighs) Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt. God love him. So uh, maybe, ha- and Jed. So it was like a trifecta. <laughs> I love Jed, but yeah, playing games with Jed is its own experience. Oh, That's that true. Funny. Yeah, playing any game with five players is a death sentence. It was awful. Um, and I don't even want to try it again. Like, because it takes, it just takes too long. I can't. Um, I would, other, I, others I would may, I may not. I would play it again. Uh, next is the newest of the West Kingdom game, and that is Paladins. And a game I do want to play. Yeah, I would play this one for sure. For sure. Uh, it's supposed to be the heaviest in the series. Has a huge shared player board. Everybody else has their, a huge big player board. It has meeples, cubes. Uh, <laughs> You're so weird. It looks good. Yeah, Paladins of the West Kingdom. Um, yeah, I've heard that there's a lot of really great mechanics in this one. And since it is the heaviest, which I don't think the other ones were exceptionally heavy, but I still I liked I liked both um, architects and um, raiders. Raiders. Uh, and and I, I really love the artwork, the style of artwork that they've been using for these. So I'm really interested to play it. Like, I think it sounds super good. For sure. Uh, next is a Feld, which I have played two or three times. I don't think you've ever played it. No, I've never played it. The Rats. That's all I know yeah, about it. Yeah, that's true. And that's Notre Dame or Notre Dame, however you want to say Notre it. Notre Dame. It's the place, right? Yeah, it's a place. Yeah. The, you, so have to bur- tra- you have to burn talking- down the, the cathedral in the middle oh my- <laughs> No. by doing construction, and then you got to rebuild happened- it. That happened in real life. I know. I'm telling you. Gotta... Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. They have a good football team. That's totally a different step. You're hurting me. <laughs> Melanie told you all about it, so we won't go into it, but it is a good field. I like this one quite a bit. Do you think I would like this one? Uh, Yeah, I don't. I, well, maybe. It has drafting <laughs> and area control, kind of, so maybe Oh, not, not the area control. Why Feld? Why? <laughs> it does have a little bit of pick up and deliver, so I do like that. <laughs> You do. You do like pick up and deliver. I mean, it's kind of pick up and deliver. Not really, but enough that I'll call it that. All right, and last, uh, she talked about Manhattan Project. And for the life of me, I can't remember if I've played this. 
Yes, this is the one where you build nuclear Is this bombs. the one I played that Brandon made me really mad because he yes. kept wanting to attack everything and I couldn't actually do anything and that's why I hate this game? Okay, yes, then I have played this that and I have strong Brandon. feelings about it. That's Brandon for you. Oh my gosh, Brandon, I knew you're listening to this and I'm still salty about this gameplay. And I'm going to play it again <laughs> without you to see if I actually like the game. Well, because let's give it some, okay, let's get give it some perspective here. At the beginning of the game, I said, yeah, we don't need to worry about this airplane track because... You know, we're probably not going to be bombing each other. What does Brandon do? He starts bombing people with his airplane track just to and be the, a jerk. Yeah, Right. And then I couldn't actually do like the Manhattan Project. Like I couldn't actually get my plutonium and uranium and make my cake, my yellow cake and get the bombs ready. Like <sighs> I like to make the engine happen. And he, I had to worry about my planes, man. I was ticked. We'll have to play it too because you know I don't care about the planes other than being able to deliver the bombs. That's it. I, I, I do know that, and I I am willing to give this another go, but I will, not play, I, I, like I will it. not play it with Brandon. I played it with Brandon twice, and he was only a jerk that time you played. He wasn't a jerk when I played it with him. So I feel like he did it on purpose to, to yes. get to me. That's probably true. <laughs> Which is probably true. That is probably true, yes. <sighs> All right, so Melanie, thank you for calling in, talking about some good games. Uh, yeah, we like games. You like games. Yeah. Great job. And we have more people that have reached out about telling us about games. No matter what kind of games you play, um, you want to talk about your board game group, like whatever, tell us about it. We might have uh, some special guests, like uh, game designers calling yep. in. Who's also a member of the Riveted, which is pretty awesome. Amazing. Such a good guy. So uh, be listening for those. We're super pumped. And yeah, if you want to send us a little audio clip maybe try and keep it to like five to eight minutes or so that would be great but that is uh, a call from the member of the riveted all right we're back we got through all the news we got through the call now we're going to talk about games that we got to play uh so i think well, maybe it wasn't last week but we've been doing some weird games here <laughs> yeah. um, so i think we'll have a little bit of that but yeah, they're all kind of weird again. No, but, they're, I feel like they're more normal. Maybe. I, eh, I mean, they're different than what we usually play, though. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. So the first game I want to talk about is from a company called Weird Giraffe Games. They do Fire in the Library, but this is not Fire in the Library. This is a game called Stellar Leap, which, hold your breath, get ready, is a space game. Uh, and and I played it. Did you play it? Who, I, Brandon. Okay, I was like, when did you play this? Because I don't remember it at all. Yeah, so um, what this is, is it's kind of like uh, Catan in space, kind of. So you're trying to build these galaxies, I guess, in in columns and rows. So there's going to be one through six in each galaxy. There'll be different levels of galaxies. So there'll be galaxy one, two, three, whatever. Not super thematic, but it is what it is. And you're going to roll these dice, and any of the dice pips so if i roll one and a four it will produce goods for the planets in space one and four and space five because you add both the dice together so you're trying to uh, manipulate those dice to only produce resources where you have people um maybe manipulate the dice just if you can't get anything to screw everybody else out of getting stuff which is kind of interesting and then what you're trying to do is you're trying to explore and discover more planets and asteroids to be able to mine the asteroids and um, take over the planet because you're trying to discover the most planets. You're trying to fight other people to take over the planets they've discovered. Um, 
you're trying to complete these gold cards by having a certain amount of oxygen and food and water and gas or fuel or whatever to give you extra points. Um, everybody has a couple in-game goals that they're trying to accomplish. So it's a, an interesting resource management game, kind of, but there's also some exploration. So I don't love exploration, but it's pretty abstracted in this, so I didn't mind it. So if you like space games, you like games kind of like Catan, but want something a little bit more involved, check out Stellar Leap, and I'll hope to get a video up on this soon. So stay posted to the channel. And that was a horrible description. I understand that. But <laughs> it's, it, it, it is you, what it is. It sounds like really involved, based kind, on what you it, said. It kind of is. It really is. Like It took me probably 20 minutes to just get through the first round because there's a lot of rules. It's kind of fiddly and there are a lot of rules, but but it was fun. Okay, so you did you did end up liking this. I did like it, yes. It was a little long for what it was, but I did enjoy it. The next game, like I really like because I like games like this and I don't I doubt Jason did, but um Oh I love it. I loved it. You're okay, really? It's that kind of attitude <laughs> that just drives me crazy. Did you like drink your haterade? Because you've been kind of like <laughs> A jerk. This already. <laughs> no. Richard, a counseling after this. I'm being podcast honest. Session, I, guys. I loved it. It was. Great. You are a liar. <laughs> I know you better than you know you, and you hated it. Uh, okay, I will say I liked it better than the regular version. So now you really? can go ahead and talk about what the game is. Okay, so the game we played is Disney Code Names. You like this better than the regular version of Codenames? Well, I like the picture part of it better than the words, I think. Okay, so I think everyone knows how to play Codenames, but if you don't, um, there's these tiles that go out and you make a grid, and uh, there are these little cards that tell you which of those words belong to which team. And then you, there's one person who gives clues, and they're trying to get the teammates to guess the words that are theirs. Now, Disney Codenames has words also that are all kind of Disney related on one side of the tiles, but they also have a second side of the tiles that has pictures. And so it'll be pictures from the movies, like characters, or even there's some setting, um, lots of different, like all kinds of stuff. It's really interesting. And so we actually played with the picture side. I think it's so you can play like with kids that can't read, but I feel like the pictures were more challenging because sometimes there's more than one thing going on in the picture, and you're trying to decide what is the best way to describe this. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that's why I liked it, because it just felt harder. Yeah. And and also, like, when you've got, um, like, a really common clue is to give the movie that some of the characters are involved in. The problem is, since you have so many characters out there, the chances of you having all the characters from one movie and the other team not having any is pretty slim. Yeah. So that right. that does make it more challenging when you're giving clues. You're like, crap, I can't say that because I can't say Land the Tramp because I have Lady on my side, but you've got Tramp on your side, and that's not gonna. I don't. I don't want to give you that. So I, I liked it because I like Disney and I like code names. But yeah, it, I thought it was actually more challenging for me because of that aspect. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I didn't love it. I was just kidding earlier in case everybody couldn't pick up on that, but. I did like it better than the regular game. I did. Yeah. So that that was fun. And just playing those games with people who really like it makes yeah. them better. So that does make the experience better. Yeah. My friend and her husband that we played with, she is has like a Disney problem. She like, does. Yes. There are there are support groups for people like her. Um, 
Yeah. So she was, was really into it, which is good. It's just great. It's always nice to play something with people who really love it. For sure. I agree. Uh, so the next game I want to talk about, well, the last game I want to talk about that we that I played, and then you can talk about yours. I is, played with you, too. That's true. You did play. Yeah, you did. I'm just talking about this is mine. You have a different one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. So this is I know from, nothing about this game. This is from Fun Hill Games. They did Wisdom of Solomon. They've done Kings of Israel. They do a lot of biblically-themed games, and this one is no exception to that. It's about the uh, the disciples, and it's called Disciple Detective, which is kind of a cool name. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do in this game, it's essentially Hanabi, sort of. So you're going to hold your cards facing your opponent or people you're playing with because you can play it cooperatively or competitively. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to guess the cards that are in your hand by the other players giving you clues. The trick in this that Hanabi doesn't have is some of the cards have these special quirks that cause them to break the normal rule. So there's one of them, I can't remember who it was, but he was number one. And he would say his quirk was he always had to go at the end of the line if you were putting cards in order. Because there's three Peter. actions. Yeah, Peter, P- yes. Peter, Peter's the first disciple, but he was he, he got scared. First shall be last. No, no. He was last afraid. Stop it. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's three things you can do in your turn. You can give somebody a clue. You can order their cards from lowest to highest. So you'd point like, you know, low, low. You know, you'd point to whatever's lowest to the highest. Or you could guess a card in your hand. The thing, the trick here is you have seven clue tokens, I think. And every time you get something wrong, you lose a clue token. And every time you would give a clue, you lose a clue token. But when you guessed someone in your hand correctly, you get a clue token back. So you it plays like a knobby, but each card has, not each card, but some of the cards have a little bit of special abilities that break the rules and twist it around to make it harder to figure out who's who. And another tricky thing is there's one card that's face down that you're not playing. So you got to also figure that out while you're figuring everything else out, which is kind of interesting. And I enjoyed it. It wasn't something that I love because I don't like that holding your cards out to other people that much. But I don't think I hate that as much as you. Oh, can I talk about this now without you making fun of everything I'm saying? Yes, you can. You can go ahead. Okay, great. Thanks for permission. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I don't really like that mechanic, but um, I thought I liked that it, this was more difficult in terms of how to give clues to direct your partner to the right way. I don't really know if we play competitively or cooperatively. I'm not sure. It was cooperative. Okay. Uh, I was a little bit confused on what the distinction is between those two. Um, and I also liked how like the special quirks were really thematic. Like for example, Judas's quirk is when you, if my part, if Jason had him, since he was a traitor, betrayed Jesus, he is always giving this false information. So if I'm trying to say like, oh, if I'm saying these disciples had um, nicknames or had like also known aliases or something, um, Judas didn't, but I would always, you would have to say that he did. So you'd have to always give the opposite information, which does make it more challenging. And I thought, I liked that it was thematic in that, like Peter, he like, you know, ran away and denied Jesus. So even though he was listed as the number one disciple, he would always be ordered last. Because of that, because of his cowardice, I suppose, which I think is is really interesting thematically to do, and I, I thought it was kind of a neat take on it. I didn't I didn't love the game. I thought it really had some great potential to be amazing. That just maybe just needed a little bit more work, but it was something new, something different. Yeah, I agree. And there'll be a video of this sometime on our channel. So if you're interested and you like Bible games that aren't Bibleopoly or Bible trivia, then you should definitely check it out. 
Uh, my last, the last game I want to talk about is one that we saw at Origins, and they had like a like a supersized edition, I think, there for people to play it. And it's from like BoardGamingTables.com. Isn't yep. that who the publisher is? Yep. Which is totally crazy, and that's on tour. And so I've been interested in on tour since I saw it there. It's like a a flipping rate, which like I said earlier, I don't love, but. The theme of this is really cool because you're trying to take your band on tour through the United States and you are flipping over different regions of the country on cards and then you're rolling dice to um, get numbers. So you will do the number you roll forwards and backwards. So if you roll a four and a five, you would write down 54 and 45 and you're trying to put them in the states in the regions that you flipped over because you want to connect your touring route Um from lowest numbers to higher or the same numbers to try and cover as many states as you can. You cannot cross back through states. Um, it, it was really challenging. It was, it was really hard, but I thought it was really, I thought it was pretty fun. Like I, I enjoyed it. We played it through like twice back to back. Um, I mean, I won both times handily, but it whatever. was so, I, d- whatever. Don't act like it's the not true. The second time was not as bad. The first time was real bad, but the second time I did better. Um, did you win? I didn't lose by as much, so that's a win in my book. Did Did you beat me? <laughs> that's it. We're doing a live play. Oh my gosh! No, that's like <laughs> the only way you can win a game. You stink. <laughs> so, um, I know this was sold out for a while, uh, and also this is like in addition to news on tour is on Kickstarter right now. Also, um, another game that they published called QE is on Kickstarter as well for reprints. There's 13 days left. It's $29 to back on tour. I think it's also $20 if you want to back QE. Um, and then they also have a European expansion for on tour that's for 19 bucks. And I didn't know about that until I was just kind of looking into this. And since I liked on tour so much, I would be interested in backing it for like 19 bucks because it was pretty fun. And I think, I think there are a lot of people who are non-gamers, like my sister is an accountant. She'll never listen to this. I've mentioned her before. She's super boring and not fun. Um, I think that she might actually kind of enjoy this game because she loves numbers and the idea of, of strategically trying to get your numbers around and, and connect them in a way would appeal to her um, since she doesn't like some of like the more storied kind of softer games that I happen to like. So that is on tour. So check it out on Kickstarter if you'd like it. The reprint is out there for 13 days. There will also be a video of this coming on our channel as well, sometime. Maybe I'll do the video. Yeah, go for it. All right, so we've been doing two-player games, and today we're not going to do two-player games. (laughs) We're going to talk about games that I like that Katie wants to throw off of a roof and then burn after throwing them off of the roof. No, I want to burn them first and then throw the flaming... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> box off the roof because it just is more spectacular yeah so this is a segment that we're going to agree to disagree on uh yes not really because for the most part jason has learned this is how much my husband loves me if i hate a game he has worked hard to trade it away to get it out of our collection because he knows i will not play it or touch it with a 10-foot pole That's but he true. still keeps trying to bring these games up even <laughs> though he knows i can't stand them that's true so two of the four that i want to talk about we no longer own because Katie didn't like them. Man, 50%? The other two, we still own 50%? Yeah, the other two we still have because I still like them, and I'm not going to get rid of them. Yeah, we, we'll see about that. All right, so the first one I want to talk about is from our boy Marty Wallace, and it is called 
brass. Okay, I know everyone is yelling right you, now. Yeah, they're going to scold you. So I'm just going to sit back and let the haters hate. Go! But, um, so hear me out, hear me out. It's not that I really, I, I don't think this is fair, because I don't necessarily hate this, because I, I will... Oh, whoa, whoa, uh-uh, uh-uh. I know you're not going to go here. Not after the conversation we just had in this room where you were saying, well, I said the exact same thing, and you said, see, this is why I can't ever make a list like this, and it sounded just like that. This is why I can't ever make a list like this, because you always say, yeah, I'd play it. I don't really hate it. I'd play it. But you say it about every game, Jason. I'm saying about just one game. The other three on the list, I totally will not play, and a bunch of the, the... like honorable mentions, I won't play again. Uh, I would probably, I would probably play Brass again. I would at least try like the new one once. We played the new one. That's the one we played with Joel. Lancashire. Yes, that was the one that we played with Matt, where he didn't know how he was playing. It was a lot of browns. Are and you black. sure? Yes, I am a thousand percent sure. That's because we played, played it again, and it seemed exactly the same. Yeah, it is the same. It just has different art. I swear you said there's a different one. Oh, that's Birmingham. Birmingham. That's what I mean. I would oh, okay. play Birmingham. I got, I got you. I got you. I would play Birmingham Because it has beer in it and we love beer here. <laughs> Apparently you do. <laughs> um, I would I would try Birmingham. The thing about brass is... It's awesome. It's like... It, it's boring. So good. So, like... Okay, so explain brass. And then I'll chime in on why I think that it does those things badly. All right, so... Brass is a game where you're, the, the essence of the game is you have cards in your hand that are going to let you take so many actions. You have Every time you take an action, you have to discard a card. So you can discard a card to take out a loan, because Martin Wallace loves loans. You can take out a card to build that type of building in an area that you're connected to via train route or canal. You can discard a card that has a specific place on it that will let you build any type of item in that that specific location you can discard a card to build a canal and you can discard a card to build a train what you're trying to do is you're trying to produce coal and iron to be able to have other people use those resources so you can flip those tiles and get a pile of points all the while trying to build connections and railways because the more railways you have that connect to things are going to give you a bunch of points and that's brass that's amazing and i'll let katie continue to hate no, it's boring. Like, okay, to, for other games that make you make connections, uh, Council of Four does it better. For games where you can discard cards to build things, uh, Martin Wallace's own game, London, does it better. Like, it just is, it's okay, but there are so many other games that do some similar mechanics that are, like, Better looking, which is saying something, because I, we have some really ugly looking euros. London is not better looking, to be well, fair. Well, no. It's as bad looking. It's as bad. <laughs> but it's just like the content is dry. I can find zero theme there. And I understand it's a euro. The theme is not important. But I need at least a little. I need to be able to suspend reality a little bit to kind of get a theme there to make me feel into the game. And it's not like this is one of those games that I hate because I lose all the time. Not true. I think I've won this several times that I played it. Um, I just would rather play other games. So I think hate for, on this particular one is a strong word, but I do am not interested in playing it again. All right, so we're going to change this section to games that Jason loves and Katie doesn't hate but strongly dislikes. No, I really don't like the other ones. Like I hate the next three real <laughs> bad. Right. So we'll move on to the next one. The next one is a Stefan Feld. 
next ones. Next one is a Stefan Feld, and it is called Bora Bora. I hate this game. I hate it. So let me tell you about this game, and then Katie can rail on it, and then I'll sit back and I'll let the uh, the comments get her. Um, so w- what this game is, is you are trying to, you know, it's a dice placement game at its heart. You're using these dice to place in one of these five different actions to do different types of things. What you're trying to do is you're trying to build these little tiles or remove these tiles from your board to show some things. And you're trying to put these huts on the board to gather fish and also do some area control. Um, And it's pretty. It's prettier than other felds, except for maybe Merlin. But it's like Castles of Burgundy meets like um, a dice placement game, kind of, which I think is part of the reason why you don't really love it because Castles of Burgundy is not your jam or my jam, really. But I like this one. So. That's kind of a little bit about it. Uh, now Katie can tell you why she hates it. I can't figure out why you like this game. Is there someone fun. else that actually likes this game? It's not fun. Like, you can't ever get anything done. You can't ever accomplish anything. That's what Fell does. No, it's not. Merlin? I can I can make stuff happen in Merlin. I can, you know, fight off the invaders and, and get all the stuff I need. Like, No. This doesn't make any sense. It's so pretty. I wanted to like it. I still want to like it. The little flowers and stuff, that's cute. That's great. But it's terrible. There's nothing fun about this. It is an exercise in futility. I know I'm not the only one who thinks this, because we played it with at least one other person who hated it. Yeah, well, Brandon didn't like it either, I don't think. (laughs) Okay, thank you. The funny thing is, is our new hotness buddy, I don't say his name on here because I don't know if he's cool with that, but new hotness buddy... He didn't like it, but then he went out and he bought a copy. <laughs> yeah, I can't understand that. So I'm trying to figure out, like, if he betrayed me because I thought we were together in our hatred of it. Yeah. Or or if he, like, had a member, a temporary, like, memory lapse and thought that he had actually enjoyed it when he wanted to flip the table when we played it. It is awful. Awful, awful, awful. All right. Next. So, okay, thank you, next. Uh, so going on to a game that Katie likes even more. Oh. is a game from Pearl Games, which did the Bloody Inn, which is amazing. It but is this, amazing. I love the Bloody Inn. Yeah. This is not the Bloody Inn. This is no. Twa, or you can call it Troyes if you want, whatever. It's Twa. And this is a dice placement game, but the trick here is the dice aren't really your dice. You're just renting them, I guess, because other people can come in and buy your dice and use them for actions, and then you're stuck with less dice if you don't have any money. So you're trying to go to these these locations to get money, get prestige. You're trying to send dice down to fight these invaders that are coming in and attacking the town. Um, and there are some secret hidden goals that you're trying to meet so you can score a pile of points at the end. It's a good Euro. It has some cool no. mechanisms. And I would mm-hmm. still have this if Katie liked it. So that is Troy's. Troy's. Twa or <laughs> Troyes. And now Katie can, can, can rip it apart. Okay, and then people, like, I think Joel especially is like, oh, ladies of, tw- of Twi, you definitely need that. It makes it so good. I it agree. must completely like reinvent the game because the game is terrible. But it has ladies like, in it. It has purple dice. You love purple dice. I, I just feel like it's like a free-for-all. Like, you just, you, you, you have dice and you roll them, but you don't get to use them. Like, it just, I, 
I don't feel like you, again, I feel like you, you cannot get anywhere in this game. And also the problem is I always mix this game up with Ulm, which I realize they're not all the same, yeah, but somehow I equate the them in my brain because I hate them both. That should be on this list. I hate Ulm. <laughs> it should be. I'll add it to the honorable mention and you can brag on it. They're like, I, they're just ugly middle ages looking games. That's all I can think of. <laughs> I don't even know if there's, games. I don't even know if there's dice in Ulm. I don't know. There's not dice in Ulm. No. Okay. Then I don't know why I, I but. Twa, like we played it once, and I was like, "What is happening here?" Like it's like it seems like chaos to me. It was good. You're wrong. And I'm not like I didn't know. Like okay, so I can't take my own dice, or can I? But now you're taking them. But you say I can take your dice, but then I can't take all of the, like I. <sighs> maybe this I, is a maybe this is a hashtag bad teacher game. I I wasn't as good at teaching games here. Maybe so maybe that's part of it. But I, I have so much resentment towards the game now that I don't know if I could overcome it to play it again. <laughs> like, I'm not really sure. Maybe if someone had the ladies' expansion and insisted that it was really good, I might give it another go. Um, but I just, I, I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I couldn't, again, this is, I think that's why I, uh, those are the kind of games I don't like is when I feel like you can't make anything happen. In this game, like I have goals, I think, but I have no seemingly path to achieve them. Well, the good news is we have other games we can play, so we don't have to play this one. Yeah, but. I'm pretty excited. And especially games that use dice in, I think, a really effective way. And I don't think that this game does that, in my opinion. I think it does. I think if I would have taught it to you better, this would probably be not on the list. Well, we got rid of it, and if we got it back, I'd set it on fire. So that's that true. ship so, sale. Yeah, the ship is sale now. So the last <laughs> game, which I know. Katie says she doesn't like, but I, I'm still not 100% sure on that. And it's a game I from Dr. Reiner Kanitia. And it is called Hollywood Blockbuster. Uh, so this Why? is an, an auction game. It's purely auction and kind of set collection, I guess, because you're trying to collect different things to make these movies. But you're trying to bid on these different areas in the, the, the board, trying to collect directors, um, special effects, um, actors, guest stars to fill out these movies to get the highest stars or the lowest stars to get these trophies and score points. You're going to do it over, I think, four rounds, and whoever has the most points and the most trophies wins the game at the end. If you like auctions and you like spoofy parody-like stuff, then this might be a fun game for you. And if you like Dr. Knizia, then you're definitely going to like this game. So that's all you need to know about the game, and then Katie's going to try to persuade you otherwise. But just remember what I said. It's great, and I like it a lot. So now we'll sit back and we'll let Katie rip it apart. Okay, this game is stupid. I am okay it's with it. It's not Katie. stupid. It is stupid. This is my turn to talk. You had your time. This is my time. I like parody-type things. I like this kind of theme. I talked about the networks earlier. It has a similar kind of thing, but it actually does it in a good, real game way. This game was stupid. You... The auction is okay. I don't love auction, but I'm willing to look past that because it, it does auction in a different kind of way. But you like arbitrarily, it's like the first person to put together a movie, whatever it is, not even like meeting goals. Like it's not even good. Like you're not even like hitting all the great points. It's like, oh, okay, well you get the trophy for doing it first. So that's a bunch of points for you. I'm like, what? That Wait, That's what the point of the auction is. That is so dumb. I could slap t- together like a piece of crap movie. I almost got a bleep yeah, right there. I was, always, I was getting ready to hit the bleep button. <laughs> I was 
feeling it because I really hate this game. I feel like, again, this reminds me of another, uh, I forget what game we just recently played, where I felt like you could not, oh, Brewcrafters. Homebrewers. Homebrewers, not Brewcrafters. That looks good. Homebrewers, where you couldn't actually develop an engine. Like, you don't actually really get to develop a good movie to hit any sorts of real goals. It's just like slap together the first thing you can and you get points and you win. Sounds what? awesome to me. Sounds everything That sounds like- dumb. That is dumb. There's no point in that. Like, let's just sit around and make up stuff and then, oh, if you come up with one first, I'll give you points for it. You win. That is stupid. It's pointless. I, we were watching the Dice Tower Top 100 again. And I'm like, why do so many people like this game? Am fun. I missing it? Did I play it wrong? Because it seemed like a whole lot of nothing to me. Like you're a hater. It, no, because it's dumb. Again, the networks is this game for TV shows, but it's doing it right where I'm like, oh, I want to get the best stars to go with this certain genre of show to make get the most viewers. That makes sense that I should win for doing that right. Not I just slapped together the first thing came along and because it was the first thing, I got points for it. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Dumb. Hate this game. We still have it and I want to burn it. No. End of rant. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some <laughs> other games that Katie hates. We won't spend as much time on these because some of these I think you might actually give a second shot. Yeah. So I feel, I feel less strongly. Yeah. Less, <laughs> My less, less ranty. Yeah. Uh, so the first game is Vino's, which I think if we did it again in different circumstances than the first time, I think it would be okay. Right. And and I, I love Vital Lacerda so much. Uncle Vital, I love you. I want to come visit. Um, And, like, I really disliked Lisboa the first time I played it because it just – since I'm such a, a people person and ex- experiential kind of oriented person, if I have a bad experience in general it, with a game, that sours me to the game, even if it's not the game's fault. Which right. the four that, that we mentioned before, absolutely not. There was nothing wrong with the experience. The game sucked. Vinos, however, I think was a victim of the experience. And the I would we, give it another go. The first time we played Lisboa, we did have Uncle Vitel watching. So that was cool. Um, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a side note, but that was still cool. Uh, the next game that you say you don't like, but I think you would like if you tried it again, is a game from Alexander Fister called Broom Service. And I don't know why you don't like this. It has all the, it has pick up and deliver simultaneous card selection where you're trying to outthink other people. It's good. I think just the whole like good witch, scared witch, or brave, witch or whatever. Brave, brave witch. witch, scared witch. I think that's dumb. It is kind of dumb. I'll, but I'll I th- give you that. <laughs> I think maybe this might. This was a, we played this very early on, right, and so yeah, it might be a victim of misunderstanding, um, bad rule explaining. I didn't really get into the rules myself as well. And I would be willing to give it another chance, but if it fails a second chance, it will go into a bonfire. Yeah, I've played this a, a couple extra time, a couple more times, and it is better the more times you play it. I will, mm-hmm. I will say that. You also said that Hollow Buck was a good game, and I don't know if I can trust your judgment anymore. All right, we've moved on from that because oh, you're sorry. hurting my heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're so so wrong. the next game is another Vital game, which you say you like Vital, but this list is showing otherwise. And it is Kanban. Is it okay. because of Sandra? Do you not like Sandra? No, I don't care about Sandra. Kanban, this will not improve with another play for me. I, I think it will. I, think I, it don't, will. I don't think it will because in my mind, I'm like, here are the goals that I want to do. I want to make cars. 
But that's not how you win this game. And that doesn't make sense to me. How can you have a car factory and you can't win by making cars? Because it's a Euro game. No, no. Why would you not thematically link those things, Vital? I don't understand, they man. They are linked. You have to upgrade the cars. You have to do business No, you have to do to all this other cars. BS that is seemingly unrelated to the actual manufacturing of the cars because that's where you get the more points. You worry about this other like side minutiae and somehow that's how you you won last time we played. It doesn't make no, it was Kim that won, but you were like ahead of us the whole time. It doesn't make any sense. I just ah, and the board is convoluted That's and it. really I, cluttered. I'm calling Uncle Vito. I I love you. Okay, if you, I'm looking at my top ten list right now. Number eleven, a Vito game. Number ten, ten Vito game. Okay, that is top ten. All right. Number um, what else? I don't know where Lisboa fell, but he was on. It was on. Oh, oh yeah, yep. Vito, Vito. Okay, there's a couple. At least three in my top 20. But not Vino's and Kanban, which is a but crime But not game. Vino's and Kanban. <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, Symphony number nine. Mm-mm. So. Nobody uh, else has really played this game, so they can't completely right. disagree with me. There's there's like two <laughs> copies in America. I have one and Tom Vassell has one. Uh, so that should tell you something about this does game. Does Tom like this game? <laughs> he does like this game. I like this game, mm-hmm. too. But this so if he is, likes the, it, I don't like it. The only reason I wanted this game because the theme is really cool. Like this is one where the theme actually sucked me in because you're like, uh, there's a video of it on our channel. But you're old, old composers and you're trying to put on performances. That's the theme. The game has none of that in it, but it has that theme. It's essentially an economic game, and I like it. You've played this a couple times, right? Yeah. Um. And I think the theme is cool, and I want to like it. Mm. But it's. Not fun. It, the mechanics dry. aren't that. The mechanics it, aren't great. Yeah, it's dry. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not going to come to you. I will not play this one again. It and it's there's not there's almost an area control feel yeah, a to little it. Bit. A little Can't bit. do that. Nope. 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 It's like a a majority of cubes to score these tiles, which is it's essentially area majority, but you're not all going to the same place. It's like. Your Picking own. the same composer. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And it's, again, but it still functions on the area majority premise, and I suck at that, and for some reason I can never win it, and so I hate it. Well, let's take a fork in that one. But <laughs> the last two, we've already talked about a little bit, and one is Ulm, which yeah. is also kind of an under-the-radar game. Uh, it has this cool little tile grid action selection thing. It's under-the-radar because it's not good. It, you are wrong. You are wrong. Another game that I traded away because someone on this podcast didn't like it. It's and me. It's me. I openly me, hate yes. this game. I hate this game. I'll admit it. If we still had it, I'd go set on fire right now. You need to put the fire away is what you need to do right now. And then that last one we'll talk about is a Steffenfeld, and that's Castles of Burgundy. Oh, it's... But in my defense... You don't like this one don't, either. You don't, don't like this, this one, one either. I much either, yes. Correct. I, I forgot. I, we don't... This really probably doesn't... Should be included on this list. Right. I, I like it more than you, but it's not one that I love. I would give it another go. One. I would play it at two players, I think, because last time we did it at four and it was a little long. That was rough. And I would get another go at two. And then if it fool me one, shame on you, fool me twice. Set it on fire. Set it on fire. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I feel like this whole podcast is like 
me as a rage monster. <laughs> and it really is affecting my image. I want everyone to think I'm a Care Bear. The true image I'm- comes out. <laughs> I know. Guys, everybody, please don't hate me after this podcast. That I, that was some games that I don't like, or that I like that you don't like. Yep. I'm Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Right. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? First shall be last, last shall be first. That's why you're so mean to me. Apparently you're a mean drunk. <laughs> yeah, when once Jason's not drunk, he'll make a video. <laughs> or maybe when I am drunk, that could be interesting. <laughs> now I was like, this week's podcast is sponsored by Alcoholics Anonymous. Get help. I mean at least we got a sponsor, I guess. <laughs>